Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Spirit, such an important part of the Trinity, such an important part of what we are to do on the earth, such an important part of this season on the earth after Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit was left on the earth for us to do the same works that Jesus did and greater works shall we do than he has done. I read this story Who knows the church in Bethel? Who knows? And uh, I read this story. They really truly believed that the Holy Spirit was poured out, um, as I do, not so that a few selected anointed people could lay hands on the sick, cast out demons and preach the gospel. But the Holy Spirit was poured out so that we all, everyone say we all, Say me. The Holy Spirit was poured out so you could preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons. Freely you have been given, freely give. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. So Bethel truly believe in this. And so they have started a Bible college, which is really teaching people that they have the anointing, go use it. And so there was this young fellow He was only a youth guy and it was his first time in the Bible college, so excited. He went through his first lecture and heard those words. The Spirit has been given to you, go use it. And so he thought, oh, I'm so excited about this. He was like a kid with a new toy. He couldn't wait to use it. He felt the anointing on him. There'd been hands laid on him, an impartation. And he thought, I'm going to go do this. And so he's driving home. He's saying, Holy Spirit, lead me. He stops in to get petrol at a 7-Eleven. And at the 7-Eleven, there's a whole, you know what a 7-Eleven is like? You get petrol, but you know, there's also a supermarket there. And so he goes in and there's lots of people in the supermarket, you know, buying stuff and doing stuff. And there's a lady behind the counter. And he says, I, he said he felt the anointing on him, like just like they talked about in his first lecture at Bible college. And so he felt the anointing come on him and he just boldly goes up to the lady behind the counter. And he said, excuse me, madam, God is here. I just need to announce that to you. She goes, what? In 7-Eleven. And he says, yes, God is here in 7-Eleven right now. And, I, and I'm just telling you that he is here. And she goes, really? Like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, I can feel him. Like he's here in 7-Eleven. Would you do me a favour, madam? Would you please lend me your microphone? You know how they have the microphone, they can talk to people, you know. So um, she goes, he said, God's here. And so, oh, okay, God is here. Well, okay, you know, this young girl gives him the microphone. So he gets on the microphone and he stands out the front of 7-Eleven addressing the people that are doing their shopping in 7-Eleven and says, hello, I am here to announce that God has come to 7-Eleven and that God is here. Now I'm going to call out a few things by word of knowledge 
And if you have any of these things wrong with you, I want you to come right down the aisle, come to the front counter, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. So everybody's looking at this weird kid, like, what is going on? So he says, okay, I feel it. There's someone here in a wheelchair. I mean, he can't see who's in the aisle. He's someone here in a wheelchair. And I feel like tonight God's going to touch you. You're going to get out of that wheelchair. There's someone else here. You've got carpet tunnel in your fingers and you can't move your fingers. I'm going to pray for you tonight. Anyway, next minute, not like that ad where you hear that, you know, no, not like that. He actually sees the wheelchair coming down the aisle towards him. And uh, the lady in the wheelchair goes, I'm the wheelchair. And so he goes, okay. Now I was trying to remember what they said in the first lecture at Bible college. And he goes, okay. And he goes, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And, you know, he starts to pray for her like this. And he just goes, you know, no, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Lord, that you would heal this woman right now in Jesus' name. She says, my, my legs are burning. He says, burning's good. Okay, good. And he keeps praying. You know, this woman gets out of a wheelchair, starts dancing around 7-Eleven out of this wheelchair. And he goes, okay, we're on a roll. Okay, we're on a roll. He's got the mic now, you know. Where's the carpet tunnel? You know, where's the carpet tunnel? This timid guy comes down from the back of the shop and he's crying. And he said, I'm a concert pianist. And... I make my living through playing piano, but I have such bad carpet tunnel. I haven't been able to play. And I literally sat in my car a few minutes ago and said to God, if you, can't, if you don't do something to help me, I'm going to go home and kill myself because I can't go on not playing piano. I live for that. And I have carpet tunnel. And so the kid just puts his hand and said, you know, everyone in the shop's crying now. He's got a crowd around him. Everyone in the shop's crying and he lays his hands on this man, said, Lord Jesus, please, in the name of Jesus, I command this carpet tunnel to be gone. I command these hands to move. I command these hands to play piano again. And the guy's saying, my hands are so hot. He's going, hot is good. Lord, increase the heat, increase the heat, increase the heat. Next minute, the guy starts moving his fingers. It's going, I can't believe it. I mean, I wanted to do that for years. I can't believe it. And he's crying, he's crying. He said, right, now you've seen God move. Who wants to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm going to call a salvation call. And I want you to put your hand up on the count of three. So he does a salvation. He gets 13 people saved in 7-Eleven after one lecture at Bible college just because he believed what he heard was true and he stepped out and had a go. He had a go. Amen? He had a go. Look at this in Isaiah 61. I love this. Who loves Isaiah 61? Oh, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is Isaiah prophesying. Isaiah is prophesying that there's going to come a day where the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon people. There's going to come a day when the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon a man. And then the Spirit of the Lord will be transferred to many men and many women. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Anybody anointed to proclaim good news to the poor in this room? Anyone anointed in this room to preach the good news? That was still lousy. Okay. Anyone anointed to preach the good news in this room? Oh, thank you, Lord. 
And then he said, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Anyone anointed to bind up the brokenhearted in this room? Amen. And then he says this, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness. Anyone anointed to proclaim freedom to the captives and release them from darkness in this room? Amen. And he said, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. Anybody in this room anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour in this room? And the day of vengeance of God. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm anointed to do that one for sure. And it says here, um, to comfort all who mourn. Anybody anointed to comfort people that are mourning in this room? Hallelujah. And provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendour. And you shall be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendour. Anybody anointed to display the splendour of the Lord in this room? Well, that was pretty lousy too. Anyone anointed to display the splendour of the Lord in this room? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love that. Do you know that Isaiah was a man just like you? And one day he was praying and he was and he was praying so hard, he was praying so much that his head actually literally popped through into another realm. You can imagine, it was just like his head goes up and he's in the, he's in the throne room of God. And he's hearing the Father have a council. It's like the council of the Lord is going on. And they're having this discussion and they're going, you know, who will we send? Who will we send? Who will we send? And Isaiah puts his head up. This guy that's prophesied this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. This guy puts his head up and he's watching. And he said, in the presence of God and in the presence of this holy place, he felt filthy. He felt like he was filthy. He felt like he was a man of sinful lips. Let me read this to you. It says here, in the, in the year of King the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne. This is the same Isaiah that prophesied that. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each had six wings with two wings. And he goes on. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of the voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. For I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people with unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with the tongs from the altar. When it touched my mouth, oh, sorry, with it he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from you and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? 
And Isaiah puts up his hand and says, here I am, Lord, send me. How often do we feel when we come into the presence of the Lord that we are just so unworthy? How often do we feel like these mouths could never speak anything pure? I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a woman of unclean lips. When we come into the presence of God, into, into the presence of the sovereign God, it's when we feel our humanity the most. But then the presence of God comes, the anointing of God comes and the Lord touches us. The Lord touches our lips. He cleanses us. The blood of the lamb, the blood of the precious lamb of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. He takes our guilt away. He washes us clean. And then the Holy Spirit comes with fire and touches us and anoints us. And suddenly we go from whimpering, you know, weak people into these people, when we hear God say, whom will I send? Then we go, send me, I'll go. Because I know what it's like to be forgiven. And I know what it's like to be cleansed. And I know what it's like to be in the presence of the living God. I know what it's like to be a nobody and then suddenly be a somebody. I know what it's like to be loved when I don't deserve it. I know what it feels like. Here I am, Lord, send me. And we need to get a revelation of that inside of ourselves. We need to get a revelation of this inside of ourselves. When we say, here I am, send me on an altar call, and then we go back to our lives because again, we feel like Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live amongst a people of unclean lips. How could I do anything for God? I'm just, I'm just go back to work on Monday. I'm just Mr. Nobody again. But on Sunday, I felt something. And the Lord wants us to take it from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And He wants us to walk around with this anointing on us. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is not just upon me on Sunday, but the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is there when I wake up Monday morning. And He's on me to make a difference in Jesus' Name. Amen. John 14, 12 to 14 says this. Jesus says this, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and will do even greater than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. What was Jesus saying to us? He was saying here, the greater work shall you do than Jesus has done. How could we do greater than raising the dead, healing lepers, casting out? How can we do greater than that? How could we be greater? The greater is not in doing better than Jesus. The greater is that more people are doing it at once. See, Jesus never intended that it would be a one-man show. Jesus came and he said, watch me. I'm going to teach you, disciples, how to do this. Watch everything that I do. Everything that he did was a lesson for them to learn how to do what he did. He said, watch this, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. And they would question it. Why are you doing it that way? No, 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 In their humanity. And he would teach them every step of the way. Watch this, I'm going to do a miracle. 
even said when, when, they, when, when he did the miracle of the loaves and fishes, he basically was saying, you could have done this. You could have done this. What about when they went to cast a demon out and they couldn't do it? He says, you have a little faith. How long do I have to put up with you? You could have done this. You could have done. You see, if it was just Jesus, if it was just him that was going to do the miracles, it would have taken him a very, very, very long time to heal all the sick on the earth. It would have taken him a very, very, very long time to save all the lost on the earth. But what did he say to us? I must go away. For if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be with you and the Holy Spirit will be in you. And the Holy Spirit will what? Remind you of everything that I have said. The Holy Spirit will walk with you and the Holy Spirit will teach you and the Holy Spirit will demonstrate for you and the Holy Spirit will release you. The Holy Spirit will anoint you. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do what I have done. Because if I can release an army, if I can release, you know, the 12, then the 70, and then the 70, release that. And then in the book of Acts, 3,000 were added to their number on that day. And then there's an army of 3,000 and they're going out. And then that 3,000 anoint another 3,000, 6,000, 10,000. And then it spreads right across the globe. And then that's what was supposed to happen. But somehow... Somehow in our religious thinking, in our put it back in a box thinking, we went, oh, no, we're supposed to all go to church, sit in the seat and watch the pastor do that. Yeah? It's supposed to be him that does that or her or the anointed ones. The anointed ones. But do you know what the job of the pastor, preacher, prophet, teacher, do I get them all? Pastor, yeah, pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle. Thank you. What are the fivefold ministry for? The fivefold ministry isn't, isn't supposed to stand up here and do all the work so that you can sit there on your rusty dusties and watch and then go home back to normal life. Oh, wasn't that great? We had such a great church service. So many people got healed. So many people got saved. So many people got touched. Oh, what a great pastor we have. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. That's not how it's supposed to be. Amen? How is it supposed to be? The fivefold ministry, the Word of God says, is to what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. My job as a prophet is to release you into the works of ministry, whether it be in your workplace at school, at university, maybe it's your mum's group. It doesn't have to be a pulpit. No one said ministry was a pulpit. No one said ministry was a platform. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, lay hands on the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have been given, freely give. He commissioned us to go. To go wherever you are. Go into all, what is your world? Go into all the world. Oh, one day I'll go to China, God. One day I'll go to the Philippines, God. What is your world? Is your world your playgroup? Go into all your world. Preach the, the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out demons. 
Oh my God, imagine if you went into your playgroup and cast out demons. I used to have a dancing school for 10 years before I was in ministry. And the ministry was so much on me, I couldn't get it off me. Anybody feel like that sometimes? You know, ministry was so on me that I couldn't get it. And we were, we were walking in revival at the time. And, um, you know, we, I would go to my dancing school. And at the end of dancing, Julie will tell you this, I would have kids lining up. They didn't want to go home. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me, Julie? We pray for this, we pray. And I would have kids slain in the spirit in the, in the auditorium of my dance school. The parents would come in so happy because it was a Christian dance school. It's okay. They were so happy that the kids were getting dancing lessons and they were getting filled with the spirit all for $8.50. It was cheap. <laughs> you know, cheap. It was awesome. But you see, when that stuff's on you, whatever your world, my world was my dancing school. And so then I would use those kids to go out and we would do evangelistic crusades and preach the gospel through dancing and do, you know, kind of, you know, beautiful shows and stuff. And then I would get up and preach the gospel until one day I was so pregnant. I was so pregnant. I was like pregnant like Jilly was tonight trying to play that piano. I said, Jilly, squeeze those legs together. That baby's not coming out until you finish worship tonight. It's like, I was so pregnant that I just said to my darling husband, who was the pram pusher, you, you're going to have to, there was that Lakeot Street Theatre, it was a big concert we were putting on, and I would always preach the gospel at the end, put tracks on seats. And I said to him, you're going to have to do it. I'm too pregnant, I just can't do it, I can't even breathe. I can't put this whole show on and go out and preach the gospel. He said, oh, I don't even know how to preach, I don't know what. I said, you just go out there, you're going to do it. And he walked onto this stage, his first preaching gig, you got lost in the tunnel, got lost in the tunnel, underneath Laycott Street Theatre stage, but he walked onto that stage, shaking in his boots, but somewhere deep inside him, he knew the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. I'm insecure, I'm shy, I'm scared. There's 350 people sitting out there. They don't particularly want the gospel preached, and they came to see a dancing school concert but I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to preach the gospel. And that was, he was so anointed that night, so anointed. I stood in the wings and I went, yes. Like he stepped into something. It was so beautiful to see, you know, when people just take a hold of what they're called to do, even if they don't feel like they're good at it. Like Isaiah, you know, I just feel like, ugh, God, how could you use someone like me? But you would be surprised when you step out what God can do in your life. In Joel 2, we see another prophet prophesying. In Joel 2, 26 to 32, and he says this, And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke, and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What was Joel prophesying about? Well, we see it in the book of Acts. We see this in the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost came, Acts chapter 2, Jesus is gone. Jesus is gone and risen from the dead. He's gone up. He's told them, I'm going to be with you. Go into the upper room. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes. 
And so they're up in the upper room. The day of Pentecost come, they're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, everybody heard them speaking in tongues. All these people heard them speaking in tongues and they were in their native tongues as well as normal you know, Holy Spirit tongues, and they could understand what they were saying in their own languages. And they're going, these guys, they must be drunk. Like, what is going on? And then Peter stands up and says this when I find it. Yeah. And Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, everybody say last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and the glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." We have to get it into our heads. Somehow we have to make this transition from from, um, consumer mentality. I drive into McDonald's, I order a burger, I get a burger. I come into church, I order a sermon, I get a sermon, I go home. We've got to get away from this consumer mentality. We've got to get away from this thinking that it's the one man or the one woman show. We are called as sons and daughters of the Lord to carry something and be released to do that in Jesus' name, amen. There's more anointing in this room. As I said last week, you know, I, I, we ran into two pastors down at conference who'd both been in this church by chance two weeks in a row. One pastor, one week, one another. One was from Bangkok, one was from Newcastle. Both of those men, both of their wives said to us, I don't know what happened to us when we were in our church, in your church, but we were completely transformed. The guy from Bangkok, his wife said, my husband was in burnout, but he has changed. We're on fire. We're ready to go back to Thailand and sow into Thailand the call of God in our lives. And we thank you so much. And she's crying. And you know what? I want you to know this. I didn't prophesy over those people. I didn't speak over those people. We didn't pray for those people. Yes, I called the one man out, but it was the body of Christ. It was you people. The guy from Bangkok got six different prophecies from six Six different people, and she said they were so accurate, it was creepy. So accurate, it was creepy. I never prophesied over the guy from Bangkok. The prophet didn't prophesy. The prophet stood up and released the body to do the work of the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. The guy that came out, the pastor from Newcastle, the new anointing, a new mantle was being put on him. I didn't put the mantle on him. Some of the men in our church came and prayed for him and he was shaking 
electricity going through his body, shaking, 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 power of God. I haven't seen that stuff since the days of revival, what was going through that boy's body. And I'm telling you, that guy is transformed. He's going to go back to his church. He's going to have revival in his church because a couple of faithful people put their hands on him and said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? Yeah, so I can tap dance for you if you like. All night. But we're not going to get the world saved that way. I can call people out here and do a great show. And you can see people healed. And I can prophesy over people. But we're not going to get the world saved that way. This is a church that releases and empowers and encourages and exhorts, sees the gifts inside of you and speaks them into being and releases them to go and do the work of the ministry in your world, in your sphere of influence. Little, with the little that you have, go give it away. Just like that little boy in that 7-Eleven. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.